20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Pack a Day Podcast, Thursday edition. Pack a Day friends, it is a special day. The dream team is back together. Mm-hmm. Everything you've been clamoring for Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher, and me, Steve Perhatch. We are back, guys. It's been a, it's been about a month. It's a, I miss you. It's been uh, me and Dusty and Tyler, and Sarah is back after graduating college. We're all excited. She's going to be an adult now. Not done yet. Oh, you're not? Uh. <laughs> you're close enough. It's The finish line's right there, Sarah. Yeah, you're I'm basically there. I only have like four classes left. So. Yeah, you're done. That's it. Yeah, you're, You don't even have to go to those classes anymore. Once you get to four, you don't even have to go to them anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's your senior year. Like you're just you're you're walking that in. There's, I mean, you're already graduated. It's yeah, no yeah. big deal. No big deal. So we got to catch up. I mean, the draft has gone on. There's been some all sorts of stuff with Packers world, but I just want to get a, get a little bit of a recap from you guys. What you thought of the draft? I mean, uh, Dusty and I were were on the Cheesehead TV stuff, doing a lot of in and out and sadly Andy would not let us on together to the disappointment of all of our fans. Uh, However, we did get to talk about Oreos. So I did bring that up, make sure that was talked about and uh, had some solid discussion, but Dusty, let's start me off. What do, what were your overall thoughts of the draft? How do you think the Packers did? Um, we'll, we'll take a deeper dive into their fifth round uh, draft pick today, but uh, just start us off overall view. What you thought? Yeah, overall I dug it. I mean, it's the first round. Um, I had kind of what I thought they were going to do the first round, and not only did they not do it, but they they kind of went, kind of went in directions I didn't really like. Let's talk about like Gary, basically. So after that first night, I was like, they can't screw this up. And then I got done, and I was like, hey, they kind of screwed that up. Uh, and then I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning. I was like, you know, that, that's not bad. I like I like Savage a lot. Um, that, that I mean, that's been one of the. We talked about we've talked about before, kind of you know free agency, kind of the shoring up the holes. So they don't have any glaring weaknesses going into the draft, so you draft for best player available. Uh, free safety was like the one of basically the one spot where you like they need something there. They didn't have a true free safety, uh, and so Savage seems like a like he's going to come in and be very very good right away. I really like Savage. Uh, the Gary pick really grew on me. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see that he's just another moving piece along that line. I'm very hyped to see what they what Petten's going to dream up uh, with him, and especially with Zadarius Smith out there as well. There's are two guys that you could move just anywhere on the line, and, and we saw what Petten was able to do with um, much less than that last season. So uh, the more I thought about the Gary pick, the more I liked it, uh, just based on kind of what they can do with it. And then yeah, I mean Jenkins, interior guy, you know, backup this year. I kind of I wrote about I kind of did like a. Um, recap of why they did the uh why they drafted the positions over on cheesehead and uh i mean a lot of those like you know J- jenkins sternberger uh kiki uh and to a lesser extent you know holman williams and summers um i think they'll, they'll probably be a little further down uh, but those kind of those three picks in the middle there is kind of a those are guys that it's not necessarily for this year those are guys who are probably going to see limited snaps but that's you can look and see like okay well you know they need some help in the interior line and jenkins probably slated to be a starter Next year, probably after Bulaga leaves, and maybe they move, uh, maybe they move someone out to right tackle. Sternberger is going to kind of sit and be limited te four uh, for the early goings, and then uh, you know step up to a bigger role next year when Graham and Lewis are both gone. And then uh, you know Kiki, you never know what's going to happen on the defensive line. I assume Daniels is kind of gone, so it's kind of one of those like this year. There's some guys that maybe aren't going to make a huge impact. But you can see how this sets them up. 
Uh, and so this is this is definitely one. Of the further I get away from the draft, the more the more I like it. So as of right now, I mean, I don't think it's the it's not the sexiest draft in the world, but uh, I, the further away from I get, I really really dig it. I think they did a lot of really good things and set up the team very well. Sarah, were you able to uh, pull your nose out of books long enough to figure out who the Packers <laughs> drafted? Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what Dusty said. I mean, I remember I took a quick break to watch like the first round and what was happening around, around there, and I kind of felt the same way. I wasn't sure about the Gary pick at first, so the more I had time to actually go back and look at things and watch some film, it kind of grew on me as well. And I think a lot of the players, you know, I was talking about it with some friends and with my dad and other uh, stuff like that, and my main thing was, this is going to be a year again, especially on the defensive side of things where we kind of have to grow and learn and let guys, like you said, take limited snaps. And I think, you know, a year or two from now, they'll be really, really young and still have a lot, a lot of talent. And that was something that I felt like they filled the needs that they needed to. Like you said, it wasn't the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I wasn't wowed at every single pick, but I think these are the kind of players that are willing to work hard and eventually fill the roles that they need to fill. I really like the draft. I thought, um, like you said, it, it's not a wowing draft, but that's not the draft I wanted. I think that the draft that I wanted was shore up the lines um, and be able to continue to have depth because I think one of the biggest things the Packers lacked last year was having depth at so many different positions, and now they f- I feel like they're a lot more set that if an injury does come down, like you know if Jimmy Graham does bust up his his hand again or things like that, you've got people that can actually step up into place um, on that offensive line, having another a true you know a, an interior lineman. Uh, so for me, I really enjoyed their the way that Gutekunz went out and identified the, the people that he wanted, went out and got them. I mean, they said they've been on Gary since like February. So I mean, there's this for me, it felt like. It was targeted. They knew what they wanted, and they went out and got it. So I'm really excited to see, you know, Gary. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see what they can do and how they can teach him and make and adapt him into what they want him to be. I'm really excited to see just the swagger of Darnell Savage Jr. <laughs> and Jair Alexander together. Yes. I am just jacked up, and and throw in some Josh Jackson too, because let's not pretend that Josh Jackson is going to be a quiet guy on the sides like. <laughs> Those three together, if Jackson figures it out, like all of a sudden the secondary is just full of playmakers. And I, I said it again on the Cheesehead TV uh, draft party, and I just kind of said, when is the last time? Like you look at that front seven, you look at that all of a sudden in the secondary, like, this is almost a slightly feared defense. It's not a mediocre defense that Aaron Rodgers has had for years. This is a actually – full of talent all over the place defense. And I can't remember the last time the Packers had that defense. Yeah. And they have the coach and the leader that's going to help them reach their full potential too. I think they have a kind of a new style. We saw that this year and I liked a lot of the things when things were good, they were really good this year and there was some bright spots. Obviously there were some sore spots and places that Packers needed to fix. But I think, like you said, they, picked out the spots that they need to fix, addressed them, grew depth in the areas that they need to needed to grow it in. And I, like you said, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I mean, you look, I mean, there, you, there's still some question marks, but 
Uh, you know, especially kind of the inside linebacker spot where you kind of hope uh, Burks takes a leap, even though we didn't see a ton from him last year. But you look at that, I mean, that defensive line, even those young guys, I mean, it's, you know, it's Kenny Clark, it's Mike Daniels, it's the, it's the Smiths, it's uh, Dean Lowry, it's Tyler Lancaster, who, you know, looked good in short time last year. It was uh, Montrevious Adams, who, who had, you know, flashes, and maybe he takes a step up. And then you get, you know, Gary and uh, Kingsley Kiki. So, <clears throat> yeah, you've got that depth, and it's also like, it's athletic, it's athletic depth and guys that guys that we've seen do things and guys you can reasonably expect to take a step forward. Um, so some of that stuff is tough to project with some of like those uh, some of the younger guys. And like you said, Steve, I mean, I like you know this the pick of uh, Jackson. I liked and it's not on. It's not. It's the thing. It's not crazy for a corner to struggle in his first year or two. Like it's a yeah. tough position. You don't expect someone to come in right away. And so people kind of hating on the Jackson pick. We're a year in. Like just pump the brakes on that man. Like I, I he's picked where he was for a reason. He was you know rated where he was for a reason. I still believe in him. I think he was uh, played maybe a little out of position last year. But um, I mean, there's the season in with the Packers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you've got those guys. That it's tough to say that they're going to become that. But you've got like talent and youth and guys in their second or third year now. Like, yeah, it's not it's not a southern possibility to expect them to just kind of all click and take off this year. And I think the biggest thing too is Patton. Patton's got to be just having a, <laughs> a big old grin on his face because you know this last year that he did not have the guys that he would have wanted. That is not like the the people that the Packers like the people that the Packers had was not the prototypical guys that he's had in his previous defenses. And I think right now they're starting to address that and adding in, you know, the Smiths and adding in Rashawn Gary and adding in Kingsley Kiki. Like those are guys that he are long and agile. And those are the guys that he wants on his defense. So you can have that, that crazy lineup of all of a sudden you kick in Zadarius Smith onto a defensive end and, and Gary's an outside linebacker with the, with Preston Smith. And you've got Mike Daniels and you've got uh, Kenny Clark, like, Holy crap, that is a front five right there. Yeah. And you've got Blake Martinez to clean it up. And if Oren Burks takes that step, man. We've talked about it before as well. But, I mean, you can, based on, you know, Jair, you know, he, he can be a little aggressive. I don't know if you guys noticed. He can be kind of aggressive. <laughs> um, which, But with the guys on that D-line, like that front seven, the pressure that should be generated out there by Patton with the talent they now have there allows Jair to play a little more aggressive and jump some more routes that maybe he couldn't before because you're not really sure if the pass rush is hitting home. So, I mean, it it, it all trickles down. I think the talent they have on the back end plays well with who they have in the front seven. Like, I don't know, man. It's the off season. You guys are getting me all hyped up. But it, it could be a very <laughs> exciting year. It's going to be – I think it's going to be really exciting. I think this is, uh, for the first time in a long time, the Packers have a legit defense that could have a potential to, you know, break through the top 15, maybe a top 10. So, it's something that we haven't had in a long time, but I'm really excited about it. And one of those players that the Packers added, we have been tasked with for the Packaday podcast to feature is the fifth round pick, number 150, Kingsley Kiki, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Uh, I did some research. You guys did some research. However, I was able to find something nobody else was able to find. <laughs> the best and as Dusty claimed, the also the worst <laughs> nickname for a Packers player. I was watching a Texas A&M podcast. That's right. I was watching a Texas A&M podcast. And it turns out Kingsley Kiki's nickname is Big Sloppy. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Is there any way that we can not have Kiki on the back of his jersey and we can put Big Sloppy? Because I think that's better. <laughs> well, you know, they do, um, you know, baseball does. It's like one weekend a year mm-hmm. uh, where they, yeah, where they, they have their nicknames on the back. Do it. Do one game it. a year. I like it. I think it's a, I think, yeah, do, do one game a year. Maybe the color like, rush. They could when they do the color rush, they could do some nicknames on them. The color Big rush, sloppy. or when they do, they've got the weekend now where they do the shoes, the the my cleats, my cause. Mm-hmm. Roll it up, man, and then you sell those nickname jerseys, and those go to a good cause as well. You know yeah. how many people would buy a jersey that says Big Sloppy? I bet more than you would probably think. Steve, so. at the oh, very least, Steve. Oh, I, I, if if there's a jersey that says Big Sloppy on it, and it's number ninety six as well, so. It is. Uh, he did take. We noted he, he took Muhammad Wilkerson's number, so not looking great for Muhammad Wilkerson to be joining the Packers again. But I mean, they're not that, a good look at all. That defensive line seems pretty set at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Kingsley Kiki um, took him at pick one hundred and fifty. For the most part, he seemed to be rated a lot higher. Like he was borderline top one hundred for a yeah, lot of boards. Yeah, he was ninety nine overall. So um, right yeah. There. So, yeah, yeah, right around there. Like, you know, some boards a little higher, some boards a little lower, but overall was right around 100. So great. It seems like a, a good fee, a good steal for the Packers. The GM talked about him. Their scouts talked about him. You know, you heard the uh, Gutekunds came out and said, you know, he had that quick twitch they were looking for. Um, and one of the bigger things we talked about, we, we saw too, was that he dropped some weight for this last season. And it seems it it uh, made him a little more agile, a little more versatile, and he kind of has the that versatile role that every Packers player that's drafted now seems to have, where you don't have one position, you have multiple positions that you can fill in for. So let's go rapid reactions. What you guys liked about him? Um, if there's any you know drawbacks, but Sarah, you want to hit us off first? What you what you liked about the pick? Yeah, I liked the pick in general. Overall, like you said, I think they got good value for when they picked him up in the draft. Uh, I I saw the weight thing as well. He dropped some weight and his productivity went up. I saw he had seven sacks last season with Texas A&M and 11 of those were for loss. So that's an interesting statistic to me. And then I was looking at a little bit of film and what some of the tweets that had been kind of like his highlighted tweets that had been put out there and he looked really quick especially um off the edge there and I mean he's 288 pounds and he ran a 495 40 at the combine so he's obviously very quick and I think if he's as versatile as these scouts and you know other coaches are saying he is then that's great to have a speedy guy that's able to move around and play different spots on the line and I think that's the kind of player like you said that the Packers need and that they love to have in their defensive system. And I'm just overall very happy with it. I saw um, a tweet how I think it was senior bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was see that? Yeah. That he was actually going against the Vikings draft pick drew Samea. I think that's how you say his last name. And he just totally, the tweet said, beat the socks off of him. And I thought that was the perfect, <laughs> description of what happened in that video and so that was very interesting since they may be meeting again this season and I really liked that because of course it's always nice to see Packers players beat the Vikings players so that yeah, made that's me like uh, that's like a PG version of what actually happened I mean he got his ass kicked yeah <laughs> he was so, about he was about nine yards into the backfield before uh 
before Kiki was done. And uh, he probably could have gone 15 if they hadn't blown the whistle. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously that made me like the pick even more. And just like I said, with his speed, productivity, versatility, all that I think is going to bring a lot, especially for the value that they got him at. I'll see what you got there. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the same. I, I saw something from uh, from PFF uh, saying this This also puts some of the Senior Bowl stuff, makes it exciting and also maybe why he dropped a little further than maybe people thought he was going to. Um, he played uh, 62.2 of his snaps uh, essentially as an edge, which, I mean, you guys both kind of talked about the dropped weight. Um, so that, that kind of goes hand in hand with that. I do th- he's quick, and, and Sarah, as you mentioned, his 40 time, like he's a fast dude. But I don't necessarily know that he has that kind of great short area burst to be like a true edge. Um, he can kind of make you know make a guy miss with the first step, but can't necessarily kill you with that. You haven't seen that consist that consistently. Uh, but it seems like his body type and what we kind of saw at the Senior Bowl, like he played a lot of uh, interior defensive line in the Senior Bowl, and that really seems to be kind of where he's at. And that's something um, uh, the, the 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 scout was talking. About. Charles Walls, the the Packers um, Southwest uh, college scout, basically said like. That, yeah, someone asked him about his weight. And like, yeah, he lost that weight. He can also put on some weight. Um, he's a hard worker, and he can essentially be whatever we want him to be, uh, which I thought was super encouraging. So, I mean, he seems like a guy uh, – yeah, A&M was kind of trying him out at edge predominantly, you know, you know, again, like 62% of the time last year. But if he can um, – if he puts on a little bit more weight and slides back in inside, it seems like that's where he can do the bulk of his damage. And if that's <laughs> – if that's what he can do, if he's like just a a super quick, also fast DT, that's the that's kind of terrifying because he got he's got really good long arms as well. So I mean, he doesn't have the, I don't think he has the burst to consistently beat tackles in the NFL, but he can beat guards and centers. Uh, so if if they can if they can slide him in there, I mean, it's a very exciting. He's one of those guys, you know, fifth round. Um, those guys, you know, don't always shake, but he's definitely a guy you could you can certainly dream on. You can see like if put in the right situation, he can certainly do some damage. So I'm yeah I'm I'm super high on that for a fifth round pick. And see yeah once you hit the like the fifth sixth seventh round, I know a lot of people are a little can maybe confused by the pick, um, saying you know we already have so much depth uh, along the defensive line, all this type of stuff. Um, but I think if, once you get those fifth sixth seventh round picks, you aren't drafting for need because these mm-hmm. guys are lottery tickets. These guys are you hope they hit. And if you do, and if you do, you're, you're unbelievably lucky. Um, so I, I mean, I just loved loved the value that they got from him. I think he has the best nickname on the Packers right now that I can think of. It can't, it doesn't get any better than that. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, from now on, nobody's allowed to call him Kingsley Kiki. I mean, from now on, it's Big Sloppy all day, every day, and there's no, no getting around it. He's just cleaning stuff up on the defensive line. I love it. So I, I, I really like the pick. I think he's got some great guys to learn from. They're not going to expect much from him in year one. So anything that he can bring is great. But that kind of leads us into a couple more defensive line notes. We hadn't talked about this yet, but today it was announced that um, Kenny Clark's fifth-year option was picked up. Yes. So he's entering year four. Year five is picked up already. I mean, it's an obvious, obvious move. It had to be done, but that means, you know, next year they're already going to start working on a contract extension. Um, I mean, I I don't know if you guys have anything to add to the fact that Kenny Clark, besides he's awesome, we love him, and we we need to make sure he gets a second contract with the Green Bay Packers. Do you guys have anything else you need to add? 
the only thing I want to say, and it's it's crazy, and I've seen, you know, the thing that always comes up with Kenny Clark is his age. Um, his fifth-year option is getting picked up. Uh, he is going to turn 24 during the season or just before the season. Um, Cleveland Farrell uh, is is going to be 22, like, very, like in, like, you know, a few weeks or something. Like, that's that's insane to me. You know, Farrell was picked. Mm-hmm. Um, that's And I just picked a random guy just because I was thinking about him. Um, he was a draft pick this year. This year, Farrell is going to be a rookie, and Kenny Clark just got his fifth-year op- option picked up. It's insane to me. It's in, like he was so young when he was picked, and that was one of those things like he's young, people were saying immature. That pick has turned out so well, and he's still like slightly older than draft picks, and he's already been in the league three years. That's that's bonkers. Yeah. I mean, it was age, a no-brainer. the same age as Elton Jenkins, the guy they just drafted in the second round. <laughs> that's insane. That is insane. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely a no-brainer to yeah. give him the fifth-year extension. But like you said, like he's only twenty four, right? That's what you just said. He's mm-hmm. turning twenty four. He's turning, turning twenty four. Yeah. So obviously, he still is going to grow. He could still physically get stronger. He can still learn new things. It's crazy because at this point, we probably haven't even seen the best of Kenny Clark, and he's that good already. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, they have a draft pick coming in. Uh, the I believe is the cornerback Holloman. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. actually 20, he's actually twenty four, so he's older than Kenny Clark, <laughs> which is just outstanding. Like, what, they get him when he was like fourteen years old. How is this possible? Graduated from college when he's fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> mad, mad among boys, apparently. That's at that Doogie Hauser out there playing football. Tara, do you know what Doogie Hauser is? I was going to ask that. <laughs> oh, no. <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop doing that. I gotta stop making these references in this show. I gotta vet them with Sarah first before I make them. So you know who Neil Patrick Harris is, right? Yes. Okay. So when he was a he was a child star when uh, he had a TV show called Doogie Howser where he was pretended to be a genius at like age ten and was a was doctor a- at age like fourteen. And mm-hmm. you'll have to yeah. do a little internet research. I'm sure it's all okay. the episodes are all over there, but. Uh, yeah, that was like his big breakout role. He's like a twelve-year-old doctor because he graduated med school and he was a genius. I yeah, personally have never of, seen an episode, but he faded away for a while and then came back in How I Met Your Mother. So, mm-hmm. gotcha. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's uh, everyone. Fun this, fact this, of the day. this is Fun fact of the day. This has been the edition of Stephen Dusty Field. So, uh, <laughs> thank thank you everybody for tuning in. <laughs> so Kenny Clark resigned or will be got the fifth-year option, and that kind of wants to take me to the last part of the episode for today. Uh, you guys both saw the Tom Silverstein piece about Mike Daniels, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who haven't read it, go out. Uh, you can, Dusty, I'm sure we've got it somewhere. It's all over Twitter right now because uh kind of talks about the revamping of the Packers defense and does Mike Daniels really fit anymore? The prototypical guys on the Packers lines are, you know, anywhere between six two to six, five, six, six, uh, like 280 pounds. They're lean, they're athletic, they're long. And those do not describe Mike Daniels. So your gut reactions to the article. Do you think Tom had a point there? I mean, there's talks of maybe, you know, this is the final year of his four year, $42 million deal. Does he get traded? Uh, Does that make sense to you? Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys go ahead and attack it. I'll throw my thoughts on the end, but uh, Dusty, what are you thinking? Does that what? Do you, what were your thoughts on this piece? I, I mean, I th- the conclusion that Mike Daniels is not going to be there next year 
is is a likely conclusion or not going to be after this year. I mean, that's that's not shocking. That's not a shocking take. Um, I kind of agree with it. The how he gets there is is confusing. I got a couple a couple points that I just want to bring up. One of them is as you as you mentioned, Steve, kind of the profile for the Packers DTs and kind of who they're taking and kind of how Mike Daniels doesn't fit that profile. Um, there, you know, Mike Daniels is not in that mold. But it's because Mike Daniels doesn't really have a mold. Like, there are not very many DTs his size that can do consistently what he does. I mean, it's it's what? It's Aaron Donald and, like, Geno Atkins? I'm, I'm sure I'm missing someone else. Just these little, like, bowling ball DTs that are just, just muscle that can just out-leverage you and because they're so strong just drive you back. Like, the reason the Packers don't have more of those guys is because there aren't more of those guys. It's the, that's not like a common size for a DT. Mike Daniels is, is a special player. <clears throat> so the fact that they're drafting guys that aren't like Mike Daniels is not shocking. And also, I don't think it means that they're moving away from that mold. It's again, there's just, there's not a whole lot of guys his size that are, that are as good as he is. Um, the other thing that, that Silverstein brought up is uh, Daniel sack numbers, which uh, I believe it was seven over the past two years, um, which is not great. He's also not an edge rusher. He's an interior guy. And he's, his job is not always to get up the field, especially under the caper system. His job was not necessarily to get up the field and wreak havoc. His job was to kind of hold that line and open holes. I mean, he, he did get up a little bit, but that wasn't his main job. And also, sacks are not the end-all be-all. Um, or else we'd be talking about Kyler Fackrell as a possible Hall of Famer after this year. Like, Daniels had, Daniels led the team. Daniels missed, I think, six or seven games last year. He led the team with 24 and a half pressures. Like, more than more than Clay Matthews. More than Kyler Fackrell, he was the top pressure guy in Green Bay last year, and that was with missing six games. That's insane. For a guy that's playing interior and the first year under Petten's system to be the top guy after missing that much time, that's that's insane to me. And and pressures, I mean, the, the reason I say, you know, sacks are good. Sacks are not the end-all be-all because you can affect a play while pressuring a quarterback. And a lot of times you'll see some pressure numbers turn around, the pressures turn into sacks, and it's almost kind of a, a fluky-ish thing uh, if, you re- if you look at some of the studies. But you can you can impact the game with a pass rush without getting a sack. So at those two main points that um, his size, basically they're, they're drafting guys that are not his size, and the fact that he's not getting sacks, he's just getting pressures, neither of those fly with me. Again, I think I do think he's gone next year, but I don't think either of those is the reason. Mike Daniels is still a very, very, very good player. If the Packers move on from him, I don't think it has anything to do with his skill. Yeah, and everything that I read in the article, I wasn't I wasn't super shocked about, like especially with the contract coming up and them leading to the point that he's not probably not going to be back next year, like. You said, Dusty, I think that's kind of a no-brainer at this point, and everyone's thinking the same thing there. And I agree, again, a lot with what you said, Dusty. There is not a lot of players with that physique and with that build, so that's probably the main reason why they haven't drafted more guys exactly like him. And I don't think they're necessarily moving away from players like him, but there's just different kind of players out there right now. I we're seeing every single year, the game is changing, especially on in that position with those kind of players. I mean, I see, especially watching college games and working at games at UCF, like every single year I see different kind of players come in and I'm like, they're not going to be that strong at that position. I don't see how that would happen. And they come in and completely shock me, whether it's body type, <laughs> 
build, speed, anything, the game is changing. So I think there's just different types of players, not necessarily that he's not good and that he doesn't fit what the Packers want to do. It's just the game is changing. and that, It's as simple as that. Normally you would find me, I am a much more like think for the future, get draft picks when you can. So when you say, you know, trade Mike Daniels for a draft pick, I mean, in my head I go, okay, he's better than HaHa. Uh, you're probably, that means you're probably at least thinking a third round pick. Um, maybe even a second, if somebody's willing to pay him and wants to grab him from the Packers and give him that next contract before he hits free agency, maybe it's even a second round pick. When it comes to this, that to me, like even me, that does not make sense. He is a, he's just like a a football player. Like you look at him and he's just like a, a big burly dude and, He's somebody that you want on your defensive line, even if it's just for one more year. Like maybe they're not going to be able to afford to bring him back and bring Blake back. You know, all those contracts will start to add up. But if the Packers are winning this year and he's going to be part of that, like I just, I can't see them trading him away for a draft pick. It it just doesn't make sense. Um, He, he, like you said, Dusty, those numbers can be a little bit deceiving. He is a constant force in the backfield, and that's something you always want. And if he's coming from that side, if it's coming from you know one of the Smiths as well, like all of a sudden you've got more playmakers on that line, and he's not going to have two guys on him. He's going to be able to get home a couple more times, and all of a sudden that seven sacks over two years turns into seven sacks in one year, and he's going to get paid the, the following year. So I, I saw the points like you guys all said. I think we're all kind of in agreement that – you see where he's coming from, but the the overall point is not uh, – it doesn't quite hit home. I think that for me, that's kind of like the best way to say it. Like, I get what you're talking about, but I don't completely agree with the whole premise of the article. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the conclusion – I agree with the conclusion just because the contract's up after this year. He's he's going to be 30. Um, they have a bunch of guys along the defensive line. Like, the, the conclusion, I, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. It's how he got to the conclusion. I don't – Pretty much don't agree anywhere, any step along the way with how he got there, but the conclusion of Daniels is basically gone from Green Bay after, con- after the contract is up. Yeah, that, that that's probably true. I'm just I'm assuming that's going to happen at this point, and it makes me sad. But that's just the way things are. Do you know what his nickname is, by the way? Uh, isn't it some like Pokemon thing or something? I just looked this up, dude. No, um, po- Pokemon. <laughs> Don't sound more disappointed in me, Dustin. Uh, I could try. I could try. Sarah could probably do it. Um, work it up. Work up. Try, Sarah, um, I'm going to say something real quick. And you try to sound more disappointed in Steve than I am right now. Um, his nickname is uh, is uh, Diesel, which I kind of dig. So he stole Shaq's? This, you know, this is coming from Pro Football Reference. And so but I don't know do how official like these are. What's that? Why do you like it so much? I don't know. It seems like it makes sense. It seems like it makes sense to me. I don't Big know why sloppy. I like it. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Dusty. Now I'm going to break out the disappointed voice in you. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Diesel is better than Big Sloppy? We only have two I, nicknames we're arguing about, and you're on the wrong side of it. Big it's Sloppy like makes second me... second banana all over again. Big Sloppy makes me uncomfortable to say. Sorry. And to hear. I don't <laughs> like hearing it. second banana to Big Sloppy. That's <laughs> what... <laughs> Second man of the big. I love you guys. Uh, second man of the big sloppy. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I think it's it's it's, it's no Dragon diesel Ball. is it's... the double stuffed and uh, and big sloppy is the classic Oreo. So it all comes back to Oreos. Any every, of those comparisons work. 
Mm-hmm. But all of this Mike Dandum's talk, I just, out of nowhere, this came to my head about, was it two, three years ago? I don't even remember how many years ago this happened now. But it was like right when I started at UCF and we had a group chat for the student publication I was working for. So there was like a bunch of people in it. And it was very serious. It was like, okay, I need this story to be written and please like message me in here when you do it. So I was like, okay, this is super serious. But like five of us had become like really close friends. And now like we're all neighbors and there we hang out all the time. So we had started like our own group me for like jokes and memes and all that jazz since we were friends. And so one time a Packers game was on and Mike Daniels made like a really, really good play. And I was really excited about it. So I like texted in all caps and I was like, hell yeah, Mike Daniels in all caps, like really obnoxious. And I realized I accidentally sent it in like the serious one. And so then everyone was like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that even mean? And and then my friends were roasting me and are like for fun one because they were like, you sent it in the wrong one. You're so dumb. Like now they're going to know that we have a different group chat. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And it was really bad, but that was a super embarrassing story that I just remembered. So I thought I would share. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate you sharing with the group. Dusty, you have any uh, embarrassing work stories that you need to tell as well? God, probably too many. Probably too many, but none coming to mind right now. I've been at the same place for like um, 10 years. Uh, and so I know I've done like stupid, embarrassing things. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Probably uh, I not, got, I not got, recently. I got both of you guys beat. I mean, if you've got a couple of minutes, we can talk about uh, when I was an intern at ESPN Chicago. I interned for the Waddle and Sylvie show. So Tom Waddle, former NFL player. Uh, so they were on early in the mornings at that time and would get down to the station at like 545 in the morning and do all this work for him and do this kind of stuff. So it was awesome. They're great guys. Learned a bunch. It was a blast. Uh, one time I was going to the bathroom and I was in a stall. And this was right before the show started. <laughs> And apparently the latch had not locked properly. And one of the radio hosts, Tom Waddle, walked in on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> sitting, sitting there in all of my glory, playing a video game on my phone. And so the show is four hours long. He, so, we, you know, we joke, he kind of is like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, what am I, what are, what are you doing? So we're arguing back and forth, like, literally, like, and finally he just kind of, you know, like, says something, he's like, you gotta lock the door next time, and like, walks away. And so, you know, me being an intern, I'm so, like, I'm still thoroughly embarrassed, and the show is four hours long, and so I didn't tell, like, the producers or anything like that, so they're doing the show, didn't tell anybody about it, and it had gone, like, three hours and 40, 40 minutes or so. And I'm like, he hasn't, he hasn't said a word on air. Like, this is awesome. He hasn't, he hasn't said it. They're not going to talk about it. And then right before the break, the other host, Sylvie goes, it's like, okay, so we'll come back. Uh, Waddle, you gotta, you gotta tell the story about what just happened with the intern. (laughs) And I just dropped my head. Producer looks over at me. He's like, what happened? I'm like, Oh God. Oh my gosh. So he talked about it on air for about two minutes. Um, Pretty, pretty ridiculous. So, Sarah, I hope you feel. I hope you feel better than you know. You sent an all caps uh, a text to a couple people. I got walked in on the bathroom when I was pooping. 
<laughs> I did think of one, but it's not going to top that, so I'll cover it another yeah, time. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's I, there, there's no way. I mean, it, it's outstanding. I, it, you can't make that stuff up. Oh, gosh. They say your name and birthday and all that. Uh, Steve Perhatch, born this day. So your social security number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you back, Sarah. <laughs> so there you go, everybody on the Pack a Day podcast. You guys know me a little bit better now. That's <laughs> what we do here. Exactly, exactly. So that'll that'll wrap everything up for us. We'll end on a fun note. I didn't think that was going to come up again, but you know, who cares? It's it was uh, it's fun to laugh at yourself. So. We will be back uh, on a weekly basis now. This is exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if Sarah will be back next week because she's going to be in Vegas getting all loopy with her boyfriend and her uh, parents. So we, we might have a fun <laughs> Sarah, a very, very fun Sarah next week. It should be interesting. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if we can uh, make it logistically work. If not, you'll have me and Dusty just bickering back and forth at each other. It's uh, So either way, you'll be in for a good time. But we'll be back for the foreseeable future every week, every Thursday. Keep uh, following us on Twitter. Feel free to uh, give us some good stories about your best work. Um, embarrassing story. I don't yes, know if please. it's top mine, but I, I'd love if you've got something in the top of mine, I want to hear it. Uh, feel free to get us up. Um, before we even go, Dusty, I know you've got a new article. You want to mm. throw something, tell the people about that before we go? Yeah, I did a um, deep dive on uh, Sternberger, um, the, the third round tight end out of A&M uh, over on Cheesehead TV. That was fun. So kind of, uh, you know, kind of talked about uh, kind of what I saw from him and kind of what uh, what I can foresee him get bringing to the Packers, uh, you know, this season and then beyond and, and kind of what we may see from there. I'm really excited about that. I think that came out. Um, I've never done anything like that before. Um, I usually just stick to write up film stuff uh but that was fun um i think it came out well and then actually moving forward every week i think on thursdays um, i'm gonna be doing kind of a looking at a player or two from uh, the 2018 titans passing offense and kind of see how uh how those kinds of things may look uh going forward um you know with the floor in green bay and with the personnel we have i was kind of waiting until post draft to do that just to kind of see what the team would look like and so now there's a clearer picture i'm gonna start that up hopefully next week so yeah um i got some stuff man i'm, I'm hyped it's the off season but i'm hyped man ready to talk some football very cool, very cool. so make sure you check out dusty cheesehead tv um follow us on twitter but we will be back next week as always guys it's been fun we will catch you guys next week uh, make sure you keep following Pack a Day Podcast on Twitter. And as always, go Pack Go. One kick away from the NFC Championship game from the 41. Left half spot. 51 yard. Field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick to the upright. And he is.